The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon text this morning comes from Acts chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself and brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. This is the word of the Lord. Ananias and Sapphira are caught in a sin and they die instantly. I I don't know about you, but but when you read this story, I think it just invokes strong emotions. I I know the first time I sat down to read this text that I knew I was going to be preaching on in a couple of weeks, after I was finished reading it a couple of times, I I just felt uncomfortable. I don't know about you, you see God punishing this sin in in such a harsh way. And it kind of seems like it comes out of nowhere in the book of Acts. But Ananias and Sapphira are struck down dead by God. God, who we were just singing about being merciful and loving, but here he punishes this sin in this way. So what's your reaction to that? The church's reaction is recorded for us. Luke says they were afraid. They were fearful because of what happened. This here was a church in fear. And they were in fear because they recognized that they, too, were sinners. So, So as a group of sinners gathered here today before God, should we be fearful? That's the question I want to explore a little bit this morning with you. And this church was truly a church 
that was in fear. And, and they were in fear because of two things. They, they were in fear of God's holiness. And they were in fear because of their sinfulness. See, up to this point in the book of Acts, that things have been going great for the church. We hear about how much God was blessing his church. The believers were gathering together and continually praying. The apostles were performing miracles. Luke describes this church as being of one heart and one mind. And, and if you need proof of that, just in the verses before this story, Luke records how the, how the church was providing for those in need, how people were giving to anyone who had need, including some people who were selling these properties and bringing all of the money, giving it to the apostles so that they could give it to the poor. And, and they were doing this joyfully, and they wanted to serve God. And that's when we have this account. This is when two members of that church decide that they are going to sell, they're going to sell their land and do the same thing. However, Ananias and Sapphira hatch this scheme to make themselves look good. They, they hatch this scheme. They plan to give money to, to sell their property and give the money to the church, but they're going to keep some of it for themselves. But they're going to say that they're, they're giving it all. And together, they plan this deception. And, and it must have seemed like to them like a pretty harmless thing. Because if you think about it, they're still giving this gift to the church, right? They're still giving this huge gift, but, but they're going to be struck down dead. See, Ananias and Sapphira thought that they knew that they could fool the, the people in that congregation. They thought they could fool the apostles even. But there was no fooling God. There was no lying to God. And, and everything the sin against God. And that's on display in this story. Because Ananias and Sapphira, as they walk into that church, are about to come face to face with the holiness of God. I want for a, folk, for a second to focus in on, on Ananias, because he comes in first. And, and I could just picture him confidently bringing this money up to Peter and laying it down on his, on, at his feet. And, and he's giving this huge gift to the church, but little does he know that he's actually walking to his death as he carries that money in. So, so how does Ananias think that he's going to get away with this. What makes him think that he can do this? Well, I think it's two things that are going on. I, I think he, he's underestimating God's holiness and, and overestimating his goodness. See, because he walks in, and, and those are, and because he, he walks in confident of doing this, and, and that overestimating his own goodness, underestimating God's holiness. I think those are two things that we sometimes do in our lives as well. See, Ananias just disregards God's holiness. He really isn't taking it seriously. He's willing to walk in and lie in front of these people, in front of God's apostles and in front of God. He's willing to do that. 
And I think it's easy for us sometimes to, to disregard God's holiness. See, I think we're very used to hearing about, like those songs that we just sang, where God is a God of love and a God of mercy, and that is absolutely who God is. But I think sometimes we forget about the other way that God describes himself. He's holy, apart from sin. And, and I think that we forget what, what, what that means for us. For, for example, it can show itself, I think, in real little ways. Like, like what's our attitude when we're walking into church? Are, are we thinking that we are about to be in the presence of, of the holy God and hear his holy word spoken? Or is it just something that we do on a Sunday, kind of like a chore on a to-do list? Or, or maybe it shows itself in another little way. When, when God's word is being spoken, why does it seem all right for us to, well, let me just check that text real quick and see who it is. What's our attitude about God's holiness? Because here we, we, see, we see what that holiness, holiness means. And I'm not sure we always come before God with that kind of reverence. Just like Ananias didn't come with that kind of reverence or, or fear before God. But I think the reason that, that he was able to, to downplay God's holiness is because he was overestimating his goodness or the good thing that he was doing. Because after all, Ananias knew that he was about to tell this lie. He knew that he was lying. But I bet in his mind he was telling himself, this is still a good thing. Let's say they sold this piece of property and they sold it for $100,000. And they're bringing that money to the church, but they're going to keep just $10,000 of it. That's still a huge gift that they're giving. And, and that's what he told himself, that, that he was doing this good thing. And I think that's actually one of our favorite things to do in our, in our heads as well. We, we can ignore sin that's in our hearts by, by telling ourselves that, that we're a good person. Or, or comparing that sin with the good things that we do. See, we lie to ourselves and, and convince ourselves that sin isn't that bad and that actually we're, we're good people. I mean, we're the ones coming in the church. We're the ones giving to church. But you see, God doesn't judge. When we do that, we forget that God is holy. That, that means that God doesn't judge based on a scale of whether or not your good deeds outweigh the bad ones. Because God is holy. That means that that is the standard. Anything below that is punishable. God is holy. And, and here Ananias came face to face with that holiness. And, and we're brought face to face with God's holiness as well. So how did Ananias, who, who was a member of this church, get to this point? Well, look at Peter's response to him when he comes before him. He says, has Satan so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. 
This, this was a process. Ananias had pushed the Holy Spirit out of his heart. And, and when that happens, Satan is more than happy to fill that void. And, and this reason that, that Ananias was so confident in front of God's holiness was that his heart no longer belonged fully to God. When, when God, and, and this made me think about in, in, in Exodus, right? Uh, we looked at this a few weeks ago. When God gives, gave the Ten Commandments to his people, he gives that first commandment, you shall have no other gods. And then what he says right after that, he gives a reason. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I bet if someone asked you to describe God in one word, it wouldn't be the word jealous. I think we might use the word loving, kind, merciful. We might maybe even use the word holy, but probably not jealous. And I think when we're looking at a story like Ananias and Sapphira, and we see God strike sinners down in this way, we have to remember that what that means, that he's a jealous God. See, when we think of, the reason we probably don't use that word to describe God is when we think of jealousy, we think of human jealousy, right? And, and what that means. But there is a similarity between human jealousy and, and God's jealousy. For there to be jealousy, there has to be a strong love. But with God, it's a little different than human jealousy. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't give us these commands so that he can control us. He doesn't give us these commands so that, so that our life is no fun. He gives these commands because he knows what's best for us. He wants, he wants, he knows that he is what we need the most. And he wants our full hearts. And, and that's what it means when God is, says that he is a jealous God. And he, in fact, wants to make us holy, just like he is. In fact, that's why throughout history, throughout the Bible, we see God carrying out his plan of salvation so that we can become holy, so that we can stand before him without fear. But God's holy. There's still a problem. So, so this church was fearful because of God looking at God's holiness and thinking, how can we ever come before him? They were also fearful because they were looking at what was inside themselves. They were looking at their sin. And that's the problem. God's holiness can't tolerate sin. See, God gives us a warning here about why sin is so dangerous. Sin and, and punishment go hand in hand. There's only one thing that we deserve because of sin. Our sin separates us from God. This story brings us face to face with our sin in the presence of a holy God. And, and just look at, now let's shift our focus to, to Sapphira when she comes before Peter. Because her conversation with Peter is different than her husband's. Sapphira is asked if, if this is really the full amount of money. Peter is asking her if she is lying about this. 
She's confronted with her sin. She has a chance to come clean, to repent. But instead of that, she commits to her sin and tells one more fatal lie. And, and Peter tells her she is testing the Holy Spirit. And, and this is a pretty serious warning. And we see here in this story that she's testing the Holy Spirit and there's a limit to that. Her time of grace is about to end. The message here is, is clear for us. Sin is dangerous. Sin, the only thing that sin leads to is death. It leads to earthly death and it leads to eternal death. So how do we have the right to come before a holy God because of our sin? In fact, we have no right to stand before him, just like Ananias and Sapphira had no right to stand before him because of their sin. We're the same way. But do we treat sin that way? What, what do you do when someone confronts, when like Sapphira, you're confronted with your sin? Because God puts people in our lives. We have friends, we have family, we have parents, we have pastors who, who sometimes bring our sin before us, confront us with our sin, tell us how we are hurting ourselves or hurting others. So what's the reaction when someone confronts you with, with your sin? Are, are you repentant? Are, are you shameful? Or is it more denial and anger when someone points out something that you're doing wrong? See, this story today confronts us with, with our sinfulness and, and what that means. Is there a sin that, that you're in denial about? One, one that you have lied to yourself saying that, well, it's not that big of a deal. One that you have lied to other people about saying, yeah, I have that under control. Because you could fool everyone here, but, but there's no fooling God about sin. He sees what's in our hearts. So it's hard. It's, we try so hard in our minds to convince ourselves that our sin isn't that big of a deal. But it's hard to hear a story like Ananias and Sapphira and still have that opinion about sin. Are we testing God? Because I think one thing when you have a story like this, it forces us to ask those kind of uncomfortable questions. Are we doing the same thing as Ananias and Sapphira? Are we testing God? And if we are, why have we not been struck down? Or, or maybe it's just a more general question, like why do we have this story in the Bible? Well, I think it all, as strange as it might sound, it has to do with God's grace. In a way, God is giving us this gracious warning. And, and it's a warning that, that's meant to call us to repentance. He's showing us who he is. He's showing us what our sin means, how dangerous that is. In fact, he's showing two people who are struck down because of sin. There's other stories in the Bible where God strikes someone down 
because of their sin. But there's one very famous story about someone who was struck down because of sin. And it was different than Ananias and Sapphira because that truly was an unjust thing that happened. He did not deserve it. See, all of God's righteous anger, all of God's holy wrath were taken out on one man. And it was on Jesus. God is holy. He can't tolerate sin. Jesus knew what sin meant for us. God knew what sin meant for sinners. He knew that it only led to death. So Jesus became sin for us. He took all of our sin and put it on himself. And then God struck him down. And it, and it wasn't in an instant where he fell down dead. No, Jesus suffered like no one has suffered before to suffer the full price for sin. The holy God died for sinners. He paid the price. The sin is gone. All that's left is his holiness. And that's what we've been given. And if you need proof of that, just look at the season of the church here we're in right now. It's an Easter where we're celebrating Jesus rising again from the dead, showing that he has defeated sin. He has defeated death. He has declared us not guilty. The sin is gone. It means that one day we can stand before God in holiness without any fear. So, so why do we have the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Why, why are we looking at this story on Good Shepherd Sunday? Well, God gives us this warning out of his grace. For sheep that so often love to stray, he gives us this warning. Of, he warns us about his, the seriousness of sin and the, realness, uh, the, the reality of, his punish, of the punishment for sin. So I think like that early Christian church, we can read the story of Ananias and Sapphira and, and be filled with fear. When we remember who our God is, our holy God, and we remember what our sin means. But then we also remember our Savior and what he did for us to make us holy. We can remember that God, the holy God, sent his son to take away our sin so that we can stand before him without any fear. He sent his son to make us holy and silence all of our fear. Amen.